Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. The Astros got a great victory yesterday. Great for a lot of reasons. One, anytime El Perro Grande hits a home run in an Astro victory, I consider it great. And not only did he hit one home run, he hit two of them, and they went really far. So I kind of I kind of enjoyed that. Framber Valdez continues to pitch well. Um, you know, I don't know how long Odorizzi's going to be out, and I don't know when McCullers is coming back. Uh, my whole goal was that he'd come back for the, by the second half of the season shortly after the All-Star break or so, somewhere in there. And be and if he could do that and pitch like he did last season, I don't know why this can't be or won't be one of the best two or three starting rotations in in all of baseball, if not the best. Now, again, all that none of that ranking stuff means anything. I'm just saying, as long as you're in the discussion for one of the three, four, five best, that's all that matters. I mean, you can come up with numbers to support it. That, that's all creative accounting stuff that means nothing in the big picture. All that matters is if you get to the playoffs, how, how those guys pitch at that point. But, um, I mean, if I, I think Framber Valdez, when he's pitching well, is is great pitcher. He's had, what, four or five really good outings in a row. Yesterday, he, what, gave up two hits. Complete game performance. You don't get that very often in baseball anymore where the guy goes nine. And the Astros scored five again. That You know, they've done it. They've scored five. I love five to one. That's like perfect score. You're not getting too many hits. Not going to affect you the next day. Um. And you only give up one run, but you don't throw shutouts and do crazy stuff so where it's going to affect you the next day. I, I, five to one. It's five to one, five to two is like the perfect score to win by. Six to two, you know, that, that's just perfect. So yesterday was just a great victory. Um, only problem is tonight it's one of them late games. And uh, it starts at 840, and, of course, you can hear it. Right here on the game, 1037, 1041 Lake, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. So hopefully, um, hopefully we, um, it'll go less than three hours and it won't actually make it till past midnight tonight because I'm, um, I don't know, I'm just tired these days. But anyway, always tired at the end of a school year. We've got, it's not over yet, though, because the Cajuns yesterday learned of their fate and where they're going in the regionals. And I, I got to tell you, it was that it was um, interesting 
to say the least. Cajuns got sent to the fifth-seeded regional Texas A&M in College Station. They're in a region where A&M finished second in the SEC. TCU won the regular season in the Big 12 and is a two-seed. I just I just don't know how comfortable I am with that. Um, the idea that you win the, the the tournament means more than winning the regular season. Now, again, when you're the Cajuns, you love it because you're the you were the four seed. You won the conference tournament, and um, you know you are a um, you're just happy. So you. But I'm saying, let's say the Cajuns were in the situation that Texas State is in. Texas State dominated the Sunbelt Conference race all season long. Senior Laden Ball Club, really good. Had a great year. A great year. They lose 3-2 to two in the semifinals to the Cajuns. And they get sent out west to the number two overall seed. And not only that, they're the, they're the two seed, but the three seed is UC Santa Barbara who has 43 wins. I mean, they're a good team. And, um, wow. Uh, you know, that was just, wow. And then, you know, it seems like if I was on a committee, the way I think, that I would reward the teams that won the, confer- the, the, the regular season title over a 10-week period or however many weeks they played, conference play, than how you did over one weekend. I just, and I understand that's the way it's done. It just, I don't know. I just, it, I would protect teams that won the regular season title, especially if they won them by like two or three games. But anyway, um, it did, that did not happen. And um, we talked about how geography might play into this. Well, that was wrong. That was wrong. I mean, they got Binghamton playing in on the Pacific. Now I understand that that somebody's got to travel. I mean, I, you know, somebody's got to travel. But man, we got teams traveling all over the place. It seems like they were much more worried about avoiding rematches than they were doing things that were geographically sound. I guess they're thinking people aren't going to try, a lot of people aren't going to travel to these games anyway. I mean, what were they thinking about that? I, I don't I don't quite get it. It's kind of weird. Like you got Kennesaw, instead of going to Auburn, they're going to Hattiesburg, and you got Southeastern, instead of going to, right there to Hattiesburg, they're going to Auburn. I mean, I guess it's not a huge difference. It's just strange the way they did it to me. Um, but again, they don't ask me. We just kind of 
we guess and we guess and we guess and then it happens and we say, well, this didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense and we'll see how it how it goes. But I mean, I think overall the regions are pretty balanced. We um Oral Roberts. For those people who've been watching college baseball for a while, I mean, the Cajuns used to play Oral Roberts back in the 80s. I mean, Oral Roberts has been pretty good in baseball for a long time. So it, they are not a, you know, oh, that, you play Oral Roberts, that's an easy win. And so I think they're a pretty strong, you know, some of these four seeds like, um, you know, Canacious. Uh, there's another couple four seeds that I saw, you know, they're 30 and like Air Force hadn't been in here in forever. 30, a cop in state, 24 and 28. I doubt those are very good teams. Hofstra, I wouldn't think is really, really good. Um, but, um, but I think Oral Roberts is pretty good as four seeds go. I think it's pretty good. So, uh, I don't think like let's say the Cajuns happen to play Oral Roberts in the second game. At that 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 don't think that's going to be an easy win. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that way. So I think I think the College Station Regional is really balanced and good. But I would not trade with Georgia Southern, even though they're hosting. Um. And I certainly wouldn't trade with, with Texas State getting sent to Palo Alto against Stunford and Santa Barbara. I mean, that's just. Um, now, it would not surprise me if Texas State goes out there and plays really well. I mean, because I think they're legitimately good. Coach Dex is really high on them. Like. You talk to him on the air, he says how great they are. And if you talk to him off the air, he still says how great they are. I mean, he he really thinks they're very, very good. And that they, you know, he thinks they could beat anybody on a, in the country on a given day. So we'll see how they do. A lot of it is going to have to do with, um, you know, an individual games and uh, do you match up with umpires and all that. For instance, the, the, the pitcher, uh, Wells, that the Cajuns faced, when they beat him in the semis, you know, I didn't think he threw a whole lot of strikes at all. I mean, and again, when I say throw strikes, I'm not talking about you throw a pitch that's in the dirt and they swing at it. I know that's a strike, but I, that doesn't mean you're throwing the ball. That doesn't mean you're throwing a strike. You just induce the guy to swing. So I'm talking about in the zone. I mean, he had one stretch where he had 11 straight balls in the zone. I think the Cajun swung at like four of them. But they weren't able to really take advantage of him being out of the zone for that stretch because they were a little too aggressive. And fortunately, Tyler Robertson hit two home runs, and it, it didn't really matter that much. But, um, no, I, I think from the Sun Belt standpoint, wow. Um, you know, it's great to get four in, but Texas Tech and Georgia Southern, I would not trade with them. Now, Coastal Carolina, I think, you know, East Carolina has been good at baseball for a long time. Um, and I think that that is a regional 
the Greenville, North Carolina regional with with East Carolina. Virginia's not as good as they are some years, but still, I mean, a good team that's been good at baseball for a long time. Uh, so I, I, if I'm coastal, I, I think that's a pretty good region to be in. Uh, geographically, it makes sense, but also, I mean, obviously, you got two good teams ahead of you, but I think beatable. Coastal Carolina has really good frontline pitching. That's the one team this year the Cajuns did not play, but in the conference, but they have really good frontline pitching. So that that should be a. Um, I think that's a that that I don't know I don't know that's the might be the best regional to be in of the four Sun Belt Conference teams. But again. Uh, I don't. I didn't hear a whole lot of complaining. Cajuns have a lot of players from Texas on their team, so they, um, you know, it it was they like going to College Station. I, I think I don't think anybody say, "Oh, this is gonna be easy" because it's not. Plus, you know, you played TCU last year. You know how good they are, but you played them last year. You beat them once. You lost to them twice. You know, it, there's not that a lot of the sense of unknown in this region. And so I, I think, you know, you got do you have to play well? Of course. But you feel like it's kind of doable and it's not too far and it's in Texas where a lot of your players are from, so it's kind of all good. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning, Kev. Good morning, sir. It's better than Texas State getting shipped off to Japan. I mean, yes. they almost got punished. It seems. Uh, I don't. It's, I don't get that. But anyway, it's. Um, it, it, I mean, it's kind of kind of weird. Georgia Southern is the number two seed, ends up hosting a regional, and I'm sure that's RPI driven. But yes. Texas, who state who kind of dominated the the Sun Belt, which is a pretty good baseball conference, they end up getting shipped off to China and. Uh, again, it's just kind of weird how they do the selecting, you know, but it's it's fun seeing four teams in there. I tell you what, the one, the Cajuns earned it. I mean, they beat the five, two, and one seed to win the tournament. I actually really think the rain delay and the single elimination format helped them a lot. So, but you got to win what you got to win. They, they, they're so fun to watch, Kevin. They, they, I love the pressure they put on people with their running and their system. And it's kind of like, you know, 20 years ago when we used to have that thing. It's just entertaining baseball. And clutch hits and the whole lineup, anybody in the lineup seems like they can beat you. So it's congrats to them and it's fun. But, man, looking ahead, the Sun Belt Conference next year is going to be one of the top baseball conferences in the nation, I think. I mean, they've added some really, really good teams. And Old Dominion probably should have been in the tournament. In fact, the Cajuns winning might have been what bumped Old Dominion out. So um, No, that's a good point. You know, Southern Miss is really good, and the Cajuns have already a really nice heated rivalry with them in baseball. Old, ODU was one of the, as you said, one of the top four teams not in. Now, Texas State was had a lot of seniors, and – uh, they got some rebuilding to do. They're going to be good, but they're not going to be anywhere near as good as as they were this year. This was a special team that they built up to with a bunch of super seniors, and 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 they did. You know, they had a great season, and 
Um, you know, hopefully they do well out west. We'll see. But they're going to have a little bit of a transition year. Georgia Southern is going to have a little bit of a transition year, maybe not quite as much as Texas State. But, no, the, the Sunbelt Conference is going to be really good. I agree with you. Well, Schultz's arm probably still on ice. That game he threw against Texas State was nothing short of phenomenal. And uh, that was the big hurdle. And then when you get down five to Georgia Southern, you kind of want to think it's done. But it's a battling group of guys, man. That's what makes them so entertaining. And I'm, I'm, I'm just super happy for the program. I'm happy for Deggs. A, a lot of people thought his honeymoon was over and he was kind of walking on eggshells. And early in the season, if you think about it, they were struggling. And something happened where the switch went off. And they started hitting well, and they started running well, and the pitching kind of came around. They settled in on the pitchers they had, and it it was to me a, a turnaround around midseason, and it's been lights out ever since, with the exception of the series up at Texas State. But each one of those was winnable, so it'll be fun. It's great to be back in a regional, man. It, it just seems like forever. So. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the for the program. I'm excited for coach, and I'm excited for these kids because I really think they they earned it. It was it wasn't by mistake this year. I think they clawed and fought and and ended up getting what they deserve. So it'll be entertaining to watch, man. Absolutely. It's nice to talk about right. something other than football for a few weeks. That's true. That's true. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. God bless, brother. All right. That will lead us into our first timeout. We'll take that timeout and come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. I want to remind you, we are on Wednesday, June the 22nd. We are going to be having a 10-year birthday party, a birthday bash at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. Uh, there will be all kind of delicious wings and other foods, door prizes, and, of course, conversations with all your favorite personalities here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. So come join us. We learned yesterday, or I learned yesterday, y'all might be hip and already knew this, it's called B-dubs. So we'll meet you at B-dubs on Wednesday, June the 22nd from 4 to 9 o'clock. I want to know, all of you who call, how many of you called it B-dubs before you heard us call it this? I'm going to have to ask my daughters if they ever do that. Do do you do you, if I say B dubs? Do you know where that is? But anyway, uh, <laughs> Hannah knew. Because well, there's two options. You well, there's three. You can call Buffalo Wild Wings. You can call it B dubs, or you can call it Buffs. I've heard it both buffs. ways, but usually it's B dubs. Like they even have on back. I think they have like 
jerseys they usually wear as one of their uniforms, and it says Vito's in the back. Okay, cool. I always called it <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings because that's what it said on the sign, but who knew? <laughs> Shorthand. Yeah. Anyway, from 4 to 9 on Wednesday, June 22nd, so prepare to come help us celebrate 10th anniversary birthday bash. Not anniversary, 10th birthday bash. So at B-Dubs. I um, will certainly look forward to that. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111. If you would like to get in. No, I think Joey made some good points. I think the Sunbelt Conference, um, you could argue, is better. And and this is not new. It, It hasn't been every year. But it's stronger in baseball than in any other sport. I, I think that's a fair statement. And it's um, in terms of how you would compare it to the rest of the nation and other conferences around the country. So I, I, I think that is uh, not, a, not a new thing. And, um, you know, every year is different. We've heard that cliche, but there's a lot of truth to it. So, you know, the Cajuns are going to lose players, too. You know, all three of their weekend starters are seniors. They, um, there's a lot of thought out there that some of the underclassmen like Tyler Robertson, Julian Brock are going to get drafted. I mean, we have to see, and just because they get drafted doesn't mean they're going to go depending on how high they get drafted, how much money they're offered, and all that kind of stuff. But it is possible the Cajuns will have quite a bit of rebuilding to do as well. There's no question they're going to have to go get a lot of pitching. A lot of pitching. And so we'll see how all that plays out. But no question, no doubt about it, the future looks bright for this um, conference and very competitive uh, in baseball for sure. All right, let's go to the game hotline. See if Manny um, is how hip Manny is. Hello. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing well, man. I I, I heard the, the term... B dubs before Kevin, you know you gotta get with the, you gotta get with the, with the uh, millennials or <laughs> wait, I, I wait, Gen Zs or whatever. I, I got one daughter that's a millennial and another one that's a Gen Z, so I, I get them confused sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I know you have the same issues at your house. You know, your, your kids, uh, you know, they got a little, a little range. But anyway. Uh, I just want—I I don't want to bust Joey's bow, but you know it's hard for me not to talk about football. Even though, even though this is one of my favorite times of the year when the regional, super regional, because you know, of course, for years in a row, yeah, yeah, it's been the the regional weekend when it was 25, 28 years ago, 30 years ago when I saw it when I got a ticket. Uh, it was just the regional. Then we went to regional and super, much to the chagrin of my wife. You know, I would stay away for. You know, almost two weeks in the at the beginning of the summer. But anyway, uh, so it's very exciting time. But I, I heard Ray on on the you know Ray had some Saints news this morning and interviewing some you know, there had some player interviews in there. And Peyton Turner kind of I don't know. Can you refresh my memory, Kevin? Because you know I, I'm about as impressed with Peyton Turner now. Well, actually, I may be less impressed than I was when they called his name. That on draft night, uh, so can, you know, he was talking about the plans to be back for training camp, and I really can't remember exactly what his injury is. Do you? Do you know? 
Oh, I, I'd have to go. I don't remember exactly what his injury was either, but I think it was, um, you know, I I want if you had to ask me to guess, it was something to do with a leg. But I'd have to go and and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and look. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, but I, might, I'm yeah. look the 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 um everybody who saw him play that I heard report that was in camp because he didn't really play that much last season, but they, they no, were all no. raved about him. I See, I look at him as like getting almost – he played so little last season that I look at him almost, as a first-round draft pick that we're adding to the team exactly as well. like having another draft pick. Yes. I mean, because basically he got nothing out of him last year. So, yeah, oh, I, I, I agree. If he – if he, I did hear some good things about him in camp. And if he, you know – is even close to what uh, they say about him. You know, it, it would be like an extra guy because I know you know they can move him around in this defense. They put him inside, outside. I just was wondering. I, I think I know it was some kind of lower body injury. I just didn't remember. I'm sure he must have had surgery if he's still rehabbing, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I just was wondering about that, but. Uh, yeah, man, I'm very excited about the regionals. Love the regionals, and now you know you can watch everybody. You know you can watch you can watch any regional you want, and you can watch the Cages, the Tech, the Tigers, the Southeastern, or anybody. So it's a very exciting time. So, so have oh, you have God. you seen have you ahead, seen Southern Miss play? No, I haven't. But I, you know, I, of course, I went straight into the stats yesterday. Didn't see Southern Miss play. Now. Of course, they have some pretty good front line pitching, you know, from what I've seen or heard. And, uh, you know, their so pitching is really I, good. I, I think they're I mean, a legitimately I, good team. It's not going to be easy to beat them. I think they're oh, no, good. But listen, I mean, it's a good draw for LSU, no doubt, because of where it is. And, you know, I mean, you're not getting sent to Stanford or, you know, like you say, to, the, to Asia. But, oh, no, it, I, I don't think in any way, shape, or form. Is it going to be easy? Listen, this is this is you know postseason baseball, and when you got a guy on the, I mean, just look at what the guy from Kentucky did to LSU uh, the other night, the other afternoon. This guy was, you know, he's a midweek starter, third, fourth starter, and came out and just was lights out. So, listen, when you're facing some 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 top notch front line guys, let me tell you, there's no easy. There is no easy. You. The guy from Kennesaw State, the, their prime guy is a big lefty. So I mean, there's no easy anywhere, you know. When, when you when you get to this point. By the All way, right, by the way, Manny. Uh, by the by the way, Manny, right. we looked it up. It was a shoulder. We were wrong about the leg. It was a shoulder. Oh, yeah, well, you know that that makes sense too because uh, you know those those linemen and shoulders are that's a big problem area. Always, you know, with the arm out. It, that, that can be a lot. Of, that can be a lot of trouble and hard to come back from. So let's hope we let's hope he's on in line to get in there and, and get some action. All right, Kev. All right, you, thank you. Yeah, the the last thing we need the the Saints need is for him to have the trajectory that Davenport had, where he's um, always injured. And you could see the talent, but he's always injured. Now, the difference is, again, Davenport, remember, was still learning the position. I think Peyton Turner was a defensive lineman. Like, Davenport was a wide receiver in high school. 
I mean, and 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 big and just kept getting bigger and bigger, and then they became became a defensive lineman. He still was very green as far as learning the position. Peyton Turner is a defensive lineman, but again, that doesn't mean he can't get hurt, and, and he already has been. And so, hopefully, he can avoid injuries and and it not be as a you know a, a bunch of the cynical Saints fans are saying, you know, uh, be not another. Um, Another Davenport where he's hurt all the time. You know, we got enough injuries. No question about that. Uh, While we brought up the Saints, um, you know, there's some people discussing the fact that although Jameis Winston was in OTAs, he was limping, and um, hopefully that will get better over the next two months. But he can't, you know... I was going to say it can't you wouldn't think it's all that worrisome the fact that he was out there. If he because he was out there and fully participating, yeah, he's still limping a little bit, but you would think they don't think he could make it worse cuz why else would he be out there for OTAs if they if they thought that it was going to make it worse. So hopefully he will that will get better over the next couple months. The the other thing that's being discussed and again, this was discussed immediately after the Super Bowl. But um, that that there was some talk that the Rams MVP defensive lineman could retire, and and then and then now they're talking about it might happen. Now they're talking again because contract negotiations are not going all that well, and so if you're the Rams. Obviously, he's had a Hall of Fame career so far. And he's still what, – what, what I'm trying to figure out is if he's already talking about retirement and retirement is that much of a possibility, how much can you afford to sign him for and how long can you afford to sign him for? I mean, how, how long? I, you know, I, you know, again, I, I think the Rams are ineligible to go to the Super Bowl this year. I think the Rams will win their fair share of games. You know, would it surprise me if they won double-digit games? No. Um, but I don't. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. But if he doesn't play, then it's gonna. You know, their 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 medicine season will be even worse than I already think it's gonna be. And so, we will see how that plays out. Again, that would be one more thing. One more sign about how much better it is to be in the NFC for sure. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I don't really I, I think they're gonna end up he's gonna end up playing, but but it doesn't sound like negotiations are going all that well, and you can see why. Like there there's a big difference between honoring what you've done for your your franchise and where do you think this player is going to be two or three years from now? Is he even going to be wanting to play two or three years from now? So it's uh it's a tricky deal. It really is a tricky deal. And we will, uh, you know, we'll just kind of watch and, and, and keep an eye on that. But uh, no, specifically for the saints, the Turner injury situation is definitely something to keep an eye on. That man he brought up, as well as Jameis, and how all of that plays out over the next um, 
couple months, and then when they start training camp. I mean, look, tomorrow is June. We 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 learned that last week that June first is tomorrow, and tomorrow is going to be a big day on the show. It's going to be the first time. One, it's June, and two, it's going to be the first time that we look at the standings to see, um, you know, who's doing what, who's been a surprise, who's been a disappointment. Uh, who um, is overrating how bad their team is, who is underrating. Man, keep an eye on this team. They've done better. So, it was, you know, we we've always had a rule on this show. You don't look at the standings till June the 1st. And even then, it's way too early. But it's just the first time to really jump into it. And we'll we'll do that tomorrow as well as other things. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back continue to have some impressions about the regionals in College Station and Hattiesburg. We'll do that next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Reminder, the Astros will be playing this evening right here on 1037 the game. Um and 1041 Lake Charles. Astros A's 840 start tonight. Also want to remind you, if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Reshard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, you need to go to the website, join the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You will have a chance to score a $50 gift certificate, again, to Reshard Seafood Patio in Abbeville where you can enjoy some of the best bald crawfish, bald shrimp, bald crabs, fried shrimp, grilled seafood, Pole boys and a seafood buffet. But you have you can't do any of that. You can't win any of that if you don't sign up. So go to the game. Join the, the game clubhouse today. All right. TCU. That's who the Cajuns are going to be playing in the first round Friday of the College Station Regional. As we said, TCU won the regular season in the Big 12. Now... They did not have, you know, they were 16-8, and eight, which is a good record. It's not like, you know, they, they didn't have the kind of year like Tennessee had where they just crushed everyone's face. But still, they, they won more games than, than anybody else in the Big, in Big 12 play this season. They are a team, they won 19 games at home. They were 11-10 on the road, which is not great, but not bad. I mean, anytime you go above 500 on the road, it's good. And they were 6-3 and three in neutral sites game, which is what this is going to be playing in College Station. The, they um, 
had a different starting pitcher for the first game of the of the Sunba, of the Sunba, of the Big Twelve tournament and the last starter. But all year long, Riley Cornelio was there was there you know pitched in game one their Friday night game against you know Baylor non Texas Texas Tech West Virginia Kansas State you know all those conference series in, in Big 12 play. Uh, he's 4-4 four and four on the year. Uh, we had a 441 ERA. This team is um, coached by Kurt Sarloos. Now, if you're an Astro fan, a pretty long, not a real long time, but if you're a pretty long time Astro fan, you should remember Kurt Sarloos. Kurt Sarloos uh, probably is most famously known for being one of the six pitchers that pitched at Yankee Stadium in 2003 when they threw a combined no-hitter against the Yankees. Of course, I was not happy. You know me. I uh, The Astros, I think it's their first ever time playing in Yankee Stadium. And Royal was starting the series. It was game one of a series. It was a I don't want to say it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series, if I remember correctly, but I, I don't may, maybe it was Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But it was um Royal got injured early in the game. So they brought out Pete Monroe. And I, I don't have the box score in front of me, but he pitched an inning or two, and then they brought out Kurt Sorlos, and he pitched an inning or two. Then they had Lidge and Dotel and Wagner. And they didn't give up a hit the whole game. Of course, I was like, this is cool throwing a combined no-hitter. Don't get me wrong, but it probably means we're going to lose the next two days. This is not a good plan, throw a no-hitter in game one of a series. And, of course, they lost the next two days. But um, most people don't remember what happened in game two of that or three of that series. They just remember the the, the famous combined six-pitcher no-hitter against the Yankees and. Uh, back in, and again, Kurt Solos was one of them. He was the pitching coach last year, and their head coach, which is going to be a major theme or storyline in this regional in the coverage in Texas. Their TCU's head coach that was here last year when they played the Cadence is now the AM head coach. And so, and then Kurt Solos just kind of got promoted. So it is, um, it you know that makes for a very interesting storyline, and then there's, you know, Coach Deggs's history is pretty well known. I mean, there's been books and a lot of stories written about it, and he, the rough part of his life when he was you know battling his demons, um, was when he was at Texas A&M, and so. It's got. It's going to be, and he spoke to that a little bit yesterday. It's going to be very strange for him, I would think, to go back to Texas A&M. And he's been back before, like he said, when he was uh, after he came to the Cajuns and then went to and then went to um, Sam Houston to be the head coach. He they would play the Aggies in non conference play, so he's been back, but still going to be a little different and. Um, so there's a lot of off-the-field storylines is what I'm saying to this regional. With that said, to me, it's, it's, it's not nearly as – they're going to be able to – the reason why I like this 
and I know this might sound a bit hypocritical because I'm Mr. Normally Mr. Um, sport hatred is great and rivalries are great. And I, and I still believe that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just worn out right now. <laughs> I don't know. But I just I, – I, it's just going to be nice to go play a series. And it's not that they don't know anything about TCU. They played them last year. But it's just – it's going to be going play a baseball regional. If the Cajuns had got sent to Hattiesburg, I'm telling you, they, they it, there's a very um, – the Cajuns and Southern Miss don't like each other in baseball. A lot of, lot of animosity there. And then there – and I don't think there's anybody on LSU's team or the coaches that, that – there's no bitterness – personal bitterness between the current LSU team and the current UL team. I mean, they played earlier this year, but it was just a game that was played. And, you know, in the grand scheme, nothing bad happened. It was just a game. And so now there's a lot of fan, you know, talk back and forth between the whole <coughs> the whole UL and LSU thing. But um, but it should. this is just going to be a baseball series. Go to AM, they're gonna win or lose, and they're gonna play baseball. And even though there's some off the field angles, there's not gonna be all that animosity that there would be with playing Southern Miss. And, you know, it was it was pretty testy when they played here this year, and it was very testy when they played in Hattiesburg last season. And and then there's, you know, with the fans, there's the whole UL LSU thing. So uh, or, you know, with, with, with local fans anyway. So I don't know. I just think I, I was relieved that they did it this way. And I think the reason why they did it this way is what we said. And that was that they were they seemingly were more worried about avoiding rematches because the Cajuns played a three-game series with Southern Miss earlier this year. They seem to be more worried about that than being geographically sound in the selection process. Just very strange. Very strange to me. But, you know, every year it just seems like there's a little bit different twist to how they do this stuff. And this year, that's kind of what they did. And so it's going to make the results very interesting to, to follow for sure. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Want to remind you, Astro Weekend Getaway. Saturday, June the 18th, 
If you would like to win, you need to register for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you could potentially win four tickets to that Saturday game between the Astros and the White Sox on June the 18th, uh, as well as a tour of Minute Maid Park. Hotel accommodations that Saturday, Astro Weekend Getaway, powered by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian, Houston Hotel, Downtown Hotel, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Speaking of TCU, on a different and more tragic standpoint, former TCU cornerback over the weekend, Jeff Gladney, died in an automobile accident. He was a first-round pick just two years ago of the Vikings. They ended up releasing him after uh, uh, some sort of a domestic assault charge, and he was with the Arizona Cardinals. And, man, I mean, obviously an automobile accident that claims someone's life, it just comes out of left field. I mean, you know, you never expect that. Some a family member or in an organization like we're talking about, like man, you wake up one day and one of your players is just gone from an you know an automobile accident that you know I don't know any of the details of the accident, but it's just it's got a, such an empty feeling. It's just boom, gone. So um, not good, and it was um, you don't see that a whole. I mean, I'm sure there been. A lot of them, when you go back over the years, athletes that die in an automobile accident, it's just like people of all walks of life. But um, I don't remember too many 25-year-old first-round pick kind of, you know, where you die of an automobile accident at the very beginning of the prime of your career. So it's just uh, very sad news. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in the entire hour, we can talk about uh, college baseball. Certainly, we talked a little bit about the Saints. Didn't really plan on doing that, but uh, there's some... Issues that were brought up there. And uh, NFL, some issues, um, contract talks, and a tragic death in an automobile accident. Um, Certainly, any of that, if you have any thoughts, certainly we could discuss that. One of the things we talked about in the last hour was TCU head coach Kurt Solos and I in the context that he's an ex-Astro pitcher and he was one of the pitchers that threw that infamous six-pitcher no-hitter in 2003 at Yankee Stadium. But I've also learned that he is probably, at least from my understanding, not going to be playing, going to be available 
in the Astro in the in the game against the um, the Cajuns on Friday because he suffered a two game suspension after being ejected in the Sun Belt in the Big Twelve tournament loss, and so he already served one game. They they ended up losing that game to Texas, and then they played Oklahoma State and lost that game, and that ended their stay in the in the Big 12 tournament. But then he still has one game to go, so uh, unless something that I'm not aware of as far as it doesn't count for regional play, but if it counts for a conference tournament, I don't know why it wouldn't. So uh, it looks like they will be without their head coach for the first game Friday night, seven o'clock against the Cages. I don't know how what kind of difference that would make. You never really know. We've seen uh, in the different sports where the head coach is not there, like Sean Payton wasn't there, and the, and and the Saints tossed a shutout at the Yucks, which is not. Some people acting like that was just wild off the wall thing. Well, the year before they they gave up three points against them at in Tampa, so it wasn't like, you know. Last two trips to Tampa, they've given up a combined three points. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere that they shut down the Yucks' offense because they've done it quite a few times in recent years. But, but you, you know, you never know how that's going to play out. I remember Coach Marlin didn't make the trip with COVID this year, Cajun basketball, and they, they actually did very well on that first trip when they went on the East Coast and won. So you never know uh, how it's going to impact positively or negatively or just because you win doesn't mean that's why you won just because you lose there's no way of ever knowing that but it's still an interesting note to to take um since we were talking about tcu coach kurt Serlos. all right let's go to the game hotline and talk to grant hello hello mr foot good morning good sir how are you i'm doing really well doing really well a pleasure to hear your voice this morning. Yeah, uh, I hadn't I hadn't heard you in a while. How you been? I've been doing really really well. Uh, I wanted to ask you. You know, I got into a sports discussion with some friends over the weekend, and you know, the thing that I don't know if, if you feel the same way, but the thing that I always really loved about sports is that, like, no matter what's going on in life, like, sports is just always there. And it's like you know, you got baseball in the summer. You know, you got football in the in the fall. You know, you got basketball in the winter. And it's like no matter what's going on, the ups and downs in life, it's just like football is. Just, I mean, uh, sports is just always there, and it's just one of those things you take for granted sometimes. Well, I, I, yeah, we, I mean, I guess we all take some things for granted in life. I, I don't know that I ever have. Maybe I have. Um, we're all, but, but no, it's. Uh, I agree with you. It's. Uh, it's been obviously been a huge part of my life, and and a lot of people feel that way. And so, no, I think it's. Uh, I'm with you on that. Baseball's been exciting here. Uh, I want to ask you because I work with a bunch of Astro fans, and you know they're really down, man. Like, and I'm like, like just listening to you talk over the course of the season, like you seem pretty positive about the team. So it's like I was trying to tell them, and I, they get a kick out of the uh, the big dog reference that you make. With, oh uh, yeah, El Perro Grande. <laughs> but uh, you know, I wanted to tell you too. Do you have you ever tried your luck at some of these parlay bets with like uh, betting winners, like on baseball, like just picking winners? No, sir. Like a lot of times, like they'll give you these free. Ten dollar bets or whatever, and like I'll just try my luck on parlay. And like I tried my luck on on one over the weekend, an eleven team parlay where I had to pick eleven winners, right? And on a ten dollar bet on the eleven winners, I would have won like almost two grand, and I got ten out of the eleven right. Wow! The only the only game I got wrong was the Guardians lost to the uh, people was the Royals. They lost I think two to one. 
That was the only game I got. I think that was Saturday. The only one that I lost. I was so sick. That's but, amazing because it's hard to pick, you know, an individual baseball game winner. I but mean, you know, sometimes, well, but you know, sometimes if you think about it, if you just look at the slate of games sometimes, sometimes you can pick two, three, four, five winners, like, even though it's baseball, sometimes you'd be surprised, man. I mean, I, oh I, no, I, it can know, no, like, it can be done. No question, no question. Let me ask you, going back to your previous point, why are these Astro? What are they possibly down on? They're down on the they're down on the on the bullpen, and they're down on the on the uh, on 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 the injuries on the team, and then, and then of course just losing uh, the the shortstop. They they've been down on that all year. Well, but, I think they need to figure out something else to be down on. I, I, I am ecstatic about, you know, they the team got off to a little better start record-wise than I thought that it would, and I think they're going to have the best starting rotation or close to it in baseball unless more injuries. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, just a quick two about, because I know you're a big-time Astro fan. I got in a big discussion with, with one of my friends about uh, the, the one of the hitters Astros have, uh, which is Michael Brantley. Yeah. My friend was telling me, because, you know, I give him a hard time about the Angels because I thought that, you know, just because before the season I was giving him a hard time about the Angels and telling them that the Angels were going to win the division. But, you know, I was telling them uh, they don't like Mike Trout and they don't like Otani. And I was telling them that, you know, Ota- uh, Mike Trout, how good of a hitter he is. And one of them was trying to tell me that Michael Brantley was a better career hitter than Mike Trout. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then, when, and then we started looking at Brantley's numbers. I couldn't believe how good of a career hitter he is. Well, they're different kind of hitters. I mean, uh, you know, Trout is is not. I mean, he's hit three hundred before, but he's not what you'd call, you know, a high average hit hitter. Like, he's, had, he's had some years where he's hit like three twenty. Oh no, Brantley has has had a very good career, but Brantley doesn't hit a lot of home runs. I mean, he's just a different kind no, of hitter no, than no. Trout. Yeah, he's just not a home run hitter. I was just surprised. I mean, somebody yeah. doesn't really follow the team. I would have never thought that he was a good, I mean, like a good of just pure hitter as Mike Trout. But he he's he's, he's the good. only player in Major League Baseball that has hit over four three hundred the last four seasons. He's the only one. Now you know. Now you know. Now you know. I'm a Giants fan, and I've been just in love with this team, especially everything that Gabe Kapler's done since last year with the team, and just. I just feel like they just over overperformed last year. I mean, they just outperformed the team. Just, I mean, some of these the guys have been together forever, like Crawford and Belt, and they just, I mean, they just come through, man. Especially if we get to the playoffs, man, we're tough out. I, I, I really thought we'd have beat anybody not named the Dodgers last year. Now let me ask I mean, you they, this: Crawford's not done, is he? Because I got him on my fantasy team, and he's not doing very well. Well, no, he's, he's, he's old. Struggling, he's struggling hitting. He's, but I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. He's showing signs that he's he's gonna pick it up. But he's just. I mean, he's not. He he's he's never gonna hit three twenty. But I mean, he can get he can get the average up to two two eighty or two seventy. I believe with that. He last year he hit. He was on pace. To, I mean, people were talking MVP with Crawford at the All Star. So what I'm saying, I, he's just not giving me. I mean, I didn't think he'd have the kind of year he had last year. He like not like my. I didn't draft him like as a starter. But I mean, it's just he hasn't given us any, given me any pop yet this year. None. What I've been disappointed in, and I've been disappointed in Joey Bart, the the catcher. I mean, he's a big time prospect. He's the first, the first round pick, and he just cannot hit, man. I mean, you can't be your. I mean, I understand that you know it takes a while for everybody, but he just strikes out too much, and you can't be hitting under two hundred and 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 playing every day, man. It's just he's just killing us. Yeah, he was my third sorry, string uh, catcher too, so I I feel you. I mean, I just thought, I mean, you know, earlier in the year he was he he wasn't striking out as much and and he was he was being more selective, but now he's striking out more and it's just like I guess it's just confidence is down. I mean, oh, it's frustrating. I mean, I knew we were gonna miss Posey, but he, I just somebody's got to step. I mean, I'm depending on Kirk Casale right now for offense on the catch. Yes, 
It's, but anyway, I mean, I like the I like my Giants. I still think it's going to be us and the Dodgers in the end of the division. I think I think the Padres will fade away. Well, we uh, will see. It's uh, I, I will look at the standings for the first time tomorrow. But no, I I think it's um. The, the, I, I've always been – the Giants are a hard team to figure out, but they just find a way to win. you got to give them credit for that, no question. And I've been impressed with the way they've been playing uh, on the road, you know, especially last year, too. They were so good on the road, man. I mean, usually when they go on the East Coast, they struggle with the you know, time difference and everything, but they've been playing good. I mean, like I said, Gabe Kapler, he wasn't my first choice coming from Philly. I was like, oh, who is this guy? But, I mean, he's pushed all the right buttons in San Francisco. It is really he, amazing. He, he has done well, no question. Well, it's good talking to you again. I appreciate right. the call, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. When I saw Grant, I was like, is this Grant? And it was. Haven't talked to him in a while. He is not the most popular person around here because he doesn't like any of the home teams. And so um, that's kind of funny. All right. I know there's no mistake in this name. No mistake in this name. Let's go back to the game hotline. How are you, Jules? Uh, I'm doing fine. Hey, Kevin, your life is a fantasy. What are you talking about? Fantasy baseball. <laughs> your life is a fantasy. <laughs> well, it was a it was a glorious Memorial Day as the Red Sox get pounded ten nothing <laughs> by the lowly last place Baltimore Orioles. Oh, it's a beautiful thing to see Cora squirming. That butt clenching up so tight. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, it was so funny. You know, I, a lot of people uh, on all our Red Sox nation on Facebook there, you know, they're all down on the team. The season's over. And then they go on this little six-game win streak. And, oh, you know, the, some of them have gotten resuscitated. Oh, and they, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Sox are going to turn it around. We've got this homestand coming up, five against the Orioles and two against the A's. And we can go five and two, maybe six and one. Two and three against the last place Orioles. <laughs> three, three, three and five on the season. You're almost halfway through the season series, and you've beaten the Orioles three times. You stink. <laughs> You're pathetic. <laughs> I love it. Now I they're jumping ne- off buildings. <laughs> <laughs> and you would say this is a Great. Yankee fan. This is you. You're incredible. Oh, Kevin, I want them to win, but not at the expense of having Chime and Bloom and Alex Cora being the face of the organization. No, that I want you to lose until you get rid of them. I hope you, you wade in your own excrement. I mean, it's this guy. He's so stupid. Let me give you an example. One quick example. Okay. Okay. So right now they, they, um, they put Whitlock in the rotation, right? So that means Hulk is in the bullpen. Uh Now, Hulk, Hulk you would consider is there best if you want to call him long man he can give him three innings <clears throat> well last week i forget it was against the white Sox. maybe 
they, they, and it's the night after scoring 15 runs, Kev. So you know what does that mean the next night? Probably not going to no score runs. too many. No yeah. runs. So they're losing three to one in about the fifth inning. And uh, Cora says, oh, I'm going to put Hauk in, and he's going to hold uh, them down, and then we're going to make a comeback. No, you don't come back after scoring 19 runs the game before. They ended up losing the game three to one. But when he goes three innings, they can't use him for four days or three days. Right. So now he's not he's not available now in, until Sunday, which was two days ago. So they beat an Orioles seven to one, meaningless at this point. He brings Hauk in to pitch two innings in a set with a seven one lead. Yeah, this that... is the guy you're supposed to be using in a high-leverage situation, when you have a two-run lead and you're trying to hold that lead because God knows your bullpen. I hope you saw my little uh, Facebook post about yeah. the casket. Yes, I did. You saw it? Yes. Okay. But but that's, that's how stupid he is <laughs> when it comes to his use of the bullpen. He doesn't know who to use nor does he know when to use them or where to use them. He's just, he's pathetic. He's really horrible. I don't see how anybody can think this guy's a good manager because he speaks Spanish. That's his qualification. <laughs> he's bilingual. Oh, Kevin, it's horrible. <laughs> now, it's Jules, so on, on a brighter note, Jules, I don't know if you noticed, but Framber Valdez yesterday threw a complete saw, game yesterday. And look, I, you know, I've been com- I've been complaining for how long about starting pitching, and now we're getting complete games left and right. Yeah, it's now, starting to happen a few bam, more times. Bam, 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 like George Costanza, Jerry. It's beautiful. The Yankees, you know, <laughs> the Yankees. Their worst ERA in the starters is Cole at three thirty one. The Red Sox don't have one starter with an ERA above three, uh, below three thirty one. Oh man, I tell you, you know it's just it's it's bad. But I, I'm having, I tell you what, I have so much fun on Facebook <laughs> ripping these people every night. You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm sitting there telling them about how they don't score uh, any runs after scoring 12-plus the night before. And there was one guy who had made the same comment. And I and I said to him, you're, you're beautiful, man. You're correct. I don't see how why other people they don't, don't notice this. Yeah, they, how it, do they not notice No, it? they just don't pay attention. Yeah, they just don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, but they think they're the experts when it comes to knowledge about a particular team. <laughs> but those are the ones that just, you know, drive me up the wall. But anyway, okay, Kevin, Thanks, Jules. I feel better. Thanks, okay. Bye. Thanks. I mean, he's just unbelievable. Like, he's a Red, lifelong Red Sox fan, and he just glories when they – he just he just loves it when they lose. It just makes his day. Look, I'm not saying, you know, the, the scenario that he gave me, what Alex Gore did, I agree with him. That, that was not wise. Not wise at all. But, man, I just, I can't even talk about it, Harley, when, when my team's losing. He just glories in it.
He is funny. Jules is a treasure. <laughs> you know, and that that's and I don't know how old Jules is, but uh he's old he, you know that's someone who most of his life he didn't even know what Facebook was, but boy, he he just gets after it on Facebook. <laughs> just bashes the fans. <laughs> oh boy. That is funny. Really, really funny. All right. But but the Orioles have made some improvements. Like, they've been really, 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 really bad the last few years, and now they're just really bad. Like, the, I saw a stat about two or three days ago. They have, like, the second or third best bullpen ERA in all of baseball right now. Like, they they've improved. And they lost some of their best bullpen arms, but they they've improved. That they're they're not as bad as they were two years and three years ago, but it's still not a team you want to be three and five against. I can I can um I can understand that part, but they're not an all American out. I I don't think anybody's gonna go like seventeen and two against them like the Rays and the Yankees have been doing. Over the last couple of years, and they, they, you know, they might win four, five, six games against them. So we'll see how that plays out. Oh, he's so funny. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back on the game. One hundred three seven Lafayette, one hundred four one Lake Charles. Your home for Houston Astros baseball in Southwest Louisiana. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get in. And we've talked a little Major League Baseball, lots of college baseball. A little bit of NFL talk. I um to kind of go along with what Jules and I were discussing. And I think I think that. In college baseball, you try to preserve arms a little more than you would at the major league level. So it makes sense that you wouldn't have a lot. But I'm looking at the season stats for the three Cajun opponents in the in the College Station Regional. Texas A&M, they've, they combined for zero complete games this season. By the way, Texas A&M's pitchers, they have one pitcher who's made 15 starts one that made 14, and one that made 13. So those are their three, like, weekend starters. Uh, the next most starts is Curtis, who has five. That's probably midweek stuff, I'm guessing, but I don't know. And he started five games and only threw 19 innings on the season. So the the lowest ERA of the three starters is Detmer, who with a 4-2-2. He's 5-2 with a 4-2-2. Then Micah Dallas is five and three with a five sixty four ERA, and their other normal starters Ryan Prager, 
who is one and three with a five one three ERA. So overall as a team, by the way, Texas AM is a uh is has a four seventy four team ERA. Obviously they're an offensive team. They've hit seventy three home runs. Uh, they scored 409 runs. They hit 288 as a team. So, uh, but but same thing with TCU. They they've got no complete games. Their team ERA is 462. And or Roberts, you know the summit the summit league is not as good as the Big 12 or the SEC, obviously. But they do have one pitcher in Isaac Coffey who is there, uh, I guess he's their ace because he's got the most starts and he's got three complete games. Not, but, but you can tell he's not a strikeout pitcher. See, that's the thing. If you strike out a lot of batters, it's hard to go nine innings. Like this guy, Isaac Coffey, he only has 74 strikeouts and 82 in, in a third innings. Now, that's not... You know, that's not a terrible strikeout to innings pitch, but it's not like on the plus side either. So he's probably a little more of a pitch to contact guy. And when you do that, you can and you keep your pitch count to, you know, 50 or 60 through five innings. It gives you a chance to have a complete game. The problem. Again, we've talked about this quite a bit over the years. It's 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 a two or threefold thing. For for long for the longest time, not just in major league but college baseball, I'm sure was somewhat similar. They they didn't worry about working the pitcher. Uh, you go. We talked about this before. You go back into the great leadoff hitters of of when I was a kid. Like those guys didn't have really high on base percentages. Like they didn't. They weren't trying to walk all the time. They um, they swung early in the count a lot, but now you got when you take a lot of pitches, and then you foul off a lot of pitches, and even if you're throwing strikes, you know, and a lot of your at bats are seven, eight, nine pitch at bats, it, it and and then you get your um, you know, you're at. 80 pitches through five innings, I mean, you're just not you're not going to go nine innings. It's just not going to happen. And so you, you almost have to be more of a pitch-to-contact guy like an Urquidy is most of the time. But the problem with Urquidy is he's been getting hammered lately, just hammered. But, um, but again, I, uh, Isaac Coffey, who I'm assuming is going to pitch game one against A&M, I don't know that, but he um he had three complete games but the point is it, it's not happening that often at the college level either it's just kind of the way baseball is played these days before we um move on want to uh remind you to go to the game clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com put yourself in position to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse you can't win and get some of the mouthwatering steaks cooked to perfection or tremendous sides and so much more at Mr. Lester Steakhouse if you don't join, though. So go to the website, join the game clubhouse today. So it appears when you look at these three teams in the Cajun Regional, 
Oral Roberts is more of a pitching team, although they're hitting 306 as a team. Um, now, I understand you got to put these numbers through a filter, but they've got, because they don't play on the out, like their conference is obviously not as good as the Sun Belt or the Big 12 or the SEC. That's obvious. Um, by the way, Oral Roberts, um, they finished second in the regular season in the Summit League to North Dakota State. I think that's the team that was in there. No, South Dakota State. And they beat them in the conference tournament 9-4. to South Dakota State won the regular season by a couple games. And they were – and Oral Roberts beat them in, in, the, in the Summit League conference tournament. So that's why they got the, uh, the, um, the automatic berth. But, again, I understand it's not – it's at a quote-unquote lower level. But the thing that's interesting about Oral Roberts is they're 17-7 and seven on the road this year. And so – Playing on the road, they obviously pretty good road team this season. They've got uh, their a 306 team batting average. They've scored the most runs of any of the teams in the conference. And they have the lowest team ERA of any team in this regional, I should say. And so on paper, they don't look bad at all, or Roberts. Like I said earlier, this is better than a, you know, this isn't like some of these other four seeds. Uh, this is a team that's been pretty good at baseball for for a while, for decades. Now I'm not I'm not to go back and look. I'm sure they're not good every year, but I can remember the Cajuns playing them, you know, 25, 30 years ago, and they were pretty good. So Oral Roberts is, I would think, on the on the upper half of talent and tradition uh, of all the four seeds, and their numbers are pretty good. They also have a guy in Kay Denton. Who has six saves on the season? He's got a 044 ERA, four wins. He struck out 52 batters in 40 and two third innings, and he's only given up 23 hits. So they have an ace pitcher, they have a closer with very outstanding numbers, and they got a team that scores a lot of runs, steers a, steals a fair amount of bases. They don't hit a lot. They haven't. They've only hit forty-seven homers. They haven't hit that many homers, but they've scored a lot of runs, have a lot of doubles, and so um, kind of tells me maybe they got a big ballpark because they pitch it pretty well, and they don't hit a lot of home runs, but they score a lot of runs. So I don't know that it's going to be that easy. You know, do you expect A and M to win? Of course you do. They're the one seed playing at home. But I don't, I don't know that it's going to be one of those twelve to nothing kind of games like you get a lot of times in um, in a one to four matchup on a Friday afternoon. Um, it's also an interesting strategy to me whether you want to play the night game or the day game. A lot of times you want to play the day game because you want to give more rest to your pitchers. I'm sure that's the strategy there. You don't want to have to play at night and the game go kind of long and then you get done at 11 or 12 at night and then you got to come back and play, you know, an early afternoon game. You do it for rest purposes. The old traditional thing, the way of thinking is to get more fans at home. You want to play in the evening, 
but I think most teams, you figure you're going to get good, pretty good fan on a Friday anyway, um, and you're, you're, you're trying to give your players as much rest for that next game. The last thing you want to do is if you get upset and then you got to play again early the next day if you play that night, you kind of could, you know, put your team in a pickle there that you don't want to really volunteer for. So I understand why why they why they do it. I just think the first reaction for so many people is, man, you're going to play at home at night at 7 o'clock where you can get more fans and make the other people play in the heat of the day at 1 o'clock. But they do it for, for rest purposes for the overall team or, or, or specifically for the pitchers, I'm sure. But it um, will probably be hot at 1 o'clock. On Friday, and we'll see. Um, we'll see how that all plays out. But I, it, I don't know what time I'm going to be getting there, but I'm sure we'll be able to follow it on the way uh, driving in. But I, I would think Or Roberts would play pretty competitively, and then we'll see what happens between the cages and TCU. But, but again, it, it's um, you know, it, it it was different back then. I can remember. Um, you know, back in the Bird and OJ days and Ben McDonald, they they would throw complete games way more often than than really good college pitchers do today. The game's just different, and I think it's not just the pitcher's philosophy. It's a change in the way that the hitters hit and what they try to do as hitters. Um, and I think that's affected it very much as well. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. How you doing this morning? Oh, man. Have you ever met anybody like Jules? Uh, I, that's what I was calling, man. You think if I'd have a sit-down conversation with him and, and say, look, man, I, I I don't like Alex Corey either, but like you told me, the man's not going nowhere. You know, you win some, you lose some. I mean, but you, like you said, you enjoy the wins when you win. Yes. You know? I mean, I mean, but... You think you think he can come around? You know, if I talk to him, about uh, he needs he needs some Martin therapy. I agree. Yeah, positive thoughts, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, like I said, at least we're not like the Yankees that's going to win all these games and then crash and burn in the playoffs. You know, it could be a lot worse. You know, but uh, I'm, I'm still I, I can't get that through Paul's head. You know, I, that they ain't winning no World Series this year. But I guess he's got to learn the hard way. Yeah, he he will. All right, but that's all I wanted to oh, say. I right. might have to. Uh, I might have to talk to Jules, man. Oh, no, you I need mean, to set up a, right, a Martin therapy session with him for sure. Yes. Yes, sir. Have a good one, buddy. All right, take Go care. All right. <laughs> man, and Grant said he works with a bunch of Astro fans who are down on the team. I don't get that. I don't. I don't feel like. There's anything to be down on. Again, I have some concerns. Urquidy's been getting lit. I don't like that. That's a bad thing. But, um, I mean, I hope they're not still struggling with Carlos Correa thing. I mean, that that was, that's a no-brainer. You can't give that guy that kind of money, especially when you got a Jeremy Pena on your t- in your organization. I mean, I don't know how good Jeremy Pena's going to do long-term, but he's been fabulous. He's gotten it done defensively. He um, he's hit for some pop. He's hit in the clutch. Cat's doing great. So I'm I'm very excited about him. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. 
I was going to say, and try to bring some sanity to the show, but why fight the feeling? I mean, you know, just there's, depending on how you do it, sometimes you got to embrace the insanity. We'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. LSU obviously is going to be going to the Hattiesburg Regional. Kennesaw State's one of those teams um, that you look at them and you, man, this sounds like a junior college or something. But if you follow college baseball over the years, you should know that that it's a team that's that's won and beaten good teams, and they they typically play good teams a lot. Uh, Southern Miss is doing what A and M is doing; they're playing the one o'clock game, and then LSU will play Kennesaw State at six. And so, be interesting to follow those two as well. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Good. I'd, call and I'd like to back that Red Sox fan up. I'm pretty happy, too, when the Red Sox lose. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you like when they lose, and he loves when they lose. <laughs> it benefits us both, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, are you like Paul? You think they're going to the World Series, or you're not ready to say that just yet? Um, waiting to see. They, they keep winning. They, their pitchers are doing well. And uh, at the end of this month, uh, they got a showdown with, with the Astros. I th- you guys play the Mets and the Yankees at the end of June. Yes. It's going to be a very interesting end of June. I agree. So, you know, it's got to be interesting in New York these days because the Mets are off to this great start and the Yankees are off to a great start. Oh, yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of talking in between and you know, the Yankee fans remind them of the Subway Series. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens this season. <laughs> now, do they play each other? Like around the All-Star break or something? Yeah, usually they do. They'll end up playing each other. And that, those are always some interesting Ooh, games. Oh, man. <laughs> they need to enlarge the stadium for that game so they can get more people to get in there. Oh, definitely. It's, it's going to be huge for the city. <laughs> well, con- keep, keep enjoying the Red Sox losses. That's your job. Oh, definitely. Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. <laughs> See, that's something that Jules is, uh, he allows Red Sox fan like himself and Yankee fans to have something in common. They, they both enjoy Red Sox losses. <laughs> oh, speaking of insanity, that's just crazy. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. 
you're talking about Paul will learn the hard way? Oh, yeah, Paul's going to learn the hard way. He's going to learn the hard way where he learned already. The man, a Celtics fan, the man pulling for the Celtics. Oh, it's pitiful. The Celtics good. Mission accomplished in the finals, not a man all happy. So he can't lose for anything right now. I um, catch pulling for the Celtics. Think about that. Oh, the it's Celtics. Just, it's just sickening. Think about that. He's a Yankee fan pulling for the Celtics. He's a Knicks fan too. Like I told him, we talked about yesterday. He told me I think it was yesterday or the other day. He talked about, oh yeah, I'll be out there Saturday, man. Guess what? You come out there Saturday. I'm going hard. He ain't gonna find me no way. He gonna find them other buddies, but he ain't gonna find me. Were you out there yesterday? I'm out there every day, Kevin, on the weekend. Well, my my wife and uh, brother-in-law and his family and 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 Russ, they were out there fishing yesterday, but I had to work, so I didn't get to go. Wait, 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 wait. They were where? The Rockefeller? Rockefeller, yeah. Yeah? And you wasn't there, Kevin? I, I had to work. You, you had to work? Yes, really? Sir. You had to work? You ever heard of taking off? <laughs> well... It just doesn't work on on days when the NCAA selection shows going on. It was a it was a work day. Well, well, since Russ was there, hopefully Russ come again and tell him if you see Paul, don't sit by him. Have a good one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Russ caught a garfish. Those can be a little complicated catching garfish. No, I didn't get to go fishing like they did yesterday. Of course, I'm not sunburned like them today. They are all sunburned, like really sunburned. <laughs> so I guess uh, while I wish I would have been able to fish, I, I don't wish I was sunburned. So I guess there's a give and take there. And the Astros won. So it, that makes mission fish and working or vice versa. Even if I had a sunburn of the Astros win, it makes it a little easier. I'm I'm certainly not like Jules. I don't glory in astral losses. I um very much glory and 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 enjoy all the happy days that they give me by winning. <laughs> all right, got a few minutes left. If you would like to to join the insanity parade, which what today's show has turned out to be, and that's okay. That's fun. The game hotline is 706 706-0111. One one the Astros and we did hear the report at the top of the hour. A uh, couple of injuries. Altuve yesterday had a little bit of a collision and left the game with an apparent concussion or at least the fear that he had a concussion. Altuve since he came back from his little hamstring pull, he um he's been hitting homers like crazy. It's not just El Pedro Grande. Uh, Altuve's, I think I saw yesterday, he has nine homers in his last 24 games since he came back from his hamstring pull uh, when he was running the first base. I forget what series that was. But, uh, you know, look, take the days off. Him and Kyle Tucker just got to make sure there is, there. you know, it's all about the big picture right now. It's not about today's game, although – I certainly want them to win today's game um, against the A's. Still have nightmares from all the losses when they first started playing the A's. But they've done a whole lot better at Oakland in recent years than they used to. And uh, so you want to win every day, but you don't want to have to play everybody every day, especially if they're 
banged up, so we'll see. I'm sure I, I'm sure Altuve will kind of fight to be in the lineup, but if he has any kind of a concussion issue, then uh, protocol should keep him from that. And and uh, you know, Icky, which is my nickname for Kyle Tucker, short for Ichabod Crane because he's so goofy. Um, you know, he's had an up and down season. And, he, and he's kind of a streaky player at times. So, you know, the last thing he needs is to get into some bad habit because he's got a foot injury that's messing up his mechanics. So if he needs to take the rest of the week off, then give him the rest of the week off. I mean, they need to be overly patient, I think, with, with, with him. Siri's done a good enough job. Uh, McCormick has done fine when, when, when he comes in. And, and so – and they can always play – El pedal in the outfield here and there when they need it. He's actually made some nice plays this year. He's thrown guys out at the plate. He's made, you know, a couple balls where he's made catches into the going up into the wall. So he's improving. He, he's never going to be a Gold Glove outfielder, but he, he, I could see him being to where he's just an average major league outfielder one day. He, he's done fine. Plus, um, I haven't seen the stats recently, but a lot of times. He's the kind of guy who, um, when he plays in the field, he actually hits better at the plate, more production at the plate when he's playing in the field. And I think that's because you're just kind of more engaged. So I'm all for that as well. All right, we'll take a timeout, our last one of the day. We'll take that and come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 31st, 1985. Ownership of the New Orleans Saints is transferred from John W. Meekham Jr. to Tom Benson. The price tag for the NFL franchise, $70.2 million. Benson also becomes managing general partner of the franchise. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Have Shell Oyster House, you need the only way you can do so is to go to the website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Join the game clubhouse, and that gets you eligible to perhaps win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. No, I know a lot of you, including myself, are tied up in – uh, conference championship baseball over the weekend or doing other Memorial Day holiday weekend stuff, and you probably missed out on what went on in the Super Regionals. And obviously we don't have as much local interest in that. But just to give you the results, these this is the opening round matchups in the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. On Thursday, Texas unseated against UCLA. Northwestern State, the nine seed against number one, Oklahoma. Oregon State, unseeded against number 14, Florida. And Arizona, unseeded against number seven, Oklahoma. So three of the eight teams 
were uh, unseated. Very interesting. So obviously everyone had penciled in Oklahoma, and they've been dominant for years now. But if you take out Oklahoma, pretty balanced. You know, you got a seven seed, a 14 seed, and a five seed. So that's the two, the three, the four, the six, and the eight. None of them are there. That's pretty balanced. Pretty good balance and parity in college softball. That's good to see. At least I think it is. I don't really like when the same teams get there every year and it's just chalk. It's kind of boring. So I think that's pretty good representation there. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Y'all have a nice one.